0: share interesting stories related to life as a flutist and discovering inspiring content in form of podcast. You can catch up with us on Instagram at the Flute Space and you can listen to our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcast, and YouTube. All these links can be found in our link tree in the description.
1: Hello and welcome to the first episode of the second season, Mia. Can you believe it? No,
0: actually I can't. I mean, we're back and it's exciting.
1: It's super exciting. I mean, we're talking to so interesting guests.
0: Yeah, a lot of really nice things are coming up for us in the second season. We're going to have such nice conversations, um, starting with this episode with Mario Caroli.
1: And we had really a really inspiring talk with him it was so interesting to to have kind of an insight in well his way of thinking and his way of teaching and i think it's super worth to listen to it he really shows you that there's not a typical path that you have to follow or typical things that you have to have in your cv
2: in order to reach
1: something and to achieve something and um, yeah that was Super exciting, as are other things that are very exciting um, that we will introduce in our second season.
0: Yeah, like Patreon, which we hinted on in the first season, but now it's a reality, it will happen. <laughs> um, it's a platform where we will share special exclusive content and extra episodes with our guests.
1: Yes, I'm super excited about that, but that's not the only thing, we will also start to share a newsletter um, every month where you can um, subscribe to, it's free. And and
0: with that you can also subscribe um, through our link tree, which is in all our
1: descriptions. Um, yeah, Welcome to our episode, we're super happy to have you here, we're talking to Mario Caroli. And it's an honor for us to, to talk to you. Um, yeah, because we've,
0: I mean, I think we and also the audience, we have been to your concerts, we have listened to your recordings, you're quite well known. And it's really an exciting thing to have you here.
1: Yes, definitely. <laughs> it's a pleasure. Um, so, um, to start off, we wanted to ask you about your own flute studies. If you could tell us something about it,
2: um, it started when I was uh, almost fourteen years old. Because I, I was in the school in the middle school, and um, there was no plan to to study music for me because um, in the family we 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 don't have musician musicians, and uh, so. My plans were not so clear, but not in the direction of the music. But in the school, uh, I had a teacher of music, of course, who was very much, um, uh, in love with my his talent or the fact that I could play very well the recorder. Yeah, I had a certain uh, virtuosity, which was natural because, of course, I didn't under Took really lesson with him. Huh? was in the school and was just seeing some some music and um, yes. So he was telling my parents he should go to the to the conservatory. You should try to to let him study music. And my parents they were not they really didn't agree because they they thought it was a sort of a strange idea. <coughs> also because I am the last brother of five. So everyone had a very precise uh, path in the studies and I I shouldn't make any exception. So um, my mother said, well, maybe you can say him that you can maybe take uh, private lessons of piano because we, we had and we still have a piano at home. My sister did a little bit and also my older, oldest brother. And for me, was the I, I, I agree because I didn't feel any necessity to to, to study music. And I said to him, well, my parents don't really agree, but maybe I can undertake a piano lesson. and, uh, and, And he really didn't accept this and said, I have to speak with your parents. And uh, so he met my parents and he said, no, you have to understand that he's talented. And uh, uh, it's if you don't see, send him to the school, it's like not to send Giotto to an art school. This was like, my goodness. <laughs> it's a little bit too much, but. <laughs> And then he organized without saying anything to my parents, which was actually, I think that nowadays no one would do because I was um, just 13 years old. So he said to my parents, I will bring him to house because I want to give him some lesson, something like that. But in fact, he arranged a lesson at the conservatory. So in fact, after the school, he brought me to his house just to eat something. And then he brought me to the conservatory he asked me before which instrument you would uh, play and I actually gave two options. One was the guitar, my goodness, <laughs> if I think today it's, uh, well, I like the guitar, but I don't see myself as a guitarist, and the other was the flute, because I, I played the recorder, so was I thought was maybe better to, to, to play the flute and um, so he took, He said no guitar there are too many people who want to play the guitar so um, he arranged a meeting with the flute teacher in the concert one of the two flute teachers in the concert in the closest conservatory conservatory to my to my city and so I met her and um, I played for her something in the recorder, which was the Mozart G minor, uh... the symphony like that. And, uh, and then I played uh, Michelle of the Beatles. And uh, this was my presentation. And she, uh, she then gave me a, a lesson. I mean, she took the head joint and she tried to, well, to, to teach me how to produce a sound. It was a total fiasco because I couldn't uh, produce any, any sound. But it's true that I, I immediately, really, I have a very clear memory of this. I felt immediately connected. There was something very... You know, even if it was a fiasco, because I, I, I really couldn't do anything, but there was something which, which you know, immediately uh, was unblocked. Yes. So we, uh, and she said to my professor that she was willing to prepare me to the entrance examination for free. Those if I wanted I could go once per per per, per week, maybe thirty minutes, and she would that prepare me for the entrance exam, maybe because she liked how I played Michelle <laughs> of the Beatles. And so we went back to to to, to home and my, my teacher spoke with my parents. He said that uh, he brought me to the conservatory and that there was something which sort of happened because also the teacher was, wanted to prepare myself. So then they said, okay. And I said, yes, yes, I want because I like blah, blah, blah. And, um, and so my, um, my parents said, okay, you can do that as long as you do everything as was planned. So you have to go to school, to uh, high school, to uh, in Italy, we, we have, you, you can choose um, your school in relationship to uh, the speciali- specialization of this school. So every brother did the, the let's say, how can I say, it? it's called classical, it's the old um, languages school. So we, we study Italian, Greek and Latin mainly and other things, but mainly is this. So, uh, and then university this was out of question that i i i i i couldn't escape to this and uh, w- what i did actually then there was there was a parallel period of studies of conservatory and um, high school and then actually i finished the conservatory before the system was completely different uh, in italy and even in europe of course and actually what we had in italy was just the conservatorio you know? so you start and you finish like you start like beginner and you finish like super solo it's like, I was like that. And uh, so it was short. It was five years. I started and I finished... In these five years, and uh, so I did a high school, and then I went to the university to study philosophy, which I did until the the doctorate actually, because this was the plan, and uh, so finally in my life I think I studied more philosophy than the flute, or at least I studied more seriously the philosophy than than the flute, because not that I was not serious with the flute, but um. Um. I, I I had a very d- different path of everyone else and uh, this is a message that maybe I want to I want to give I mean my path of study uh, should have been a fiasco for my professional life because I really I didn't integrate any school I didn't want to study in Paris in Antwerpen in, in Freiburg blah, blah. nowhere I was at home I studied philosophy and I undertook lesson with a teacher in Italy, in Bologna, but was, was once a month. So it was uh, like six lessons a year, uh, year. For four years I did this, which was, a, I got a sort of perfectionment diploma. but was private, of course. And I was listening very, very, very much to um, an Austrian flutist uh, called Manuela Wiesler, uh, who for me was the the flutist. I, I just uh, I'm. I am a little bit extreme like character. When I like something, it's just this. And so for me, there was nothing else uh, apart of Manuela, which I, after a world, met and we became friends, etc. But I didn't follow any path very structured, like going to a big school, uh, doing a lot of probespiel, doing competition. Not, it, I was absolutely not interested in anything of this. I even didn't meet. Even master class, I didn't went anywhere. I never went to Geneva. I never went to Munich. I never went to Kobe. I never nothing. So if I see now in perspective, if uh, today as a teacher, I would say to someone having my path, if you do don't do something, you will just uh, fail your your life because you don't have anything and you don't uh, you know you don't do anything <laughs> actually. But, uh, you know, maybe it's pretentious from my side to say this, but I felt that I would succeed somehow. I was convinced, but it's not not like a pretentious conviction. I felt it was something really, um, in, in German it's called a wahrnehmung. It's like a perception. I had this perception that I would be a flutist somehow. And it happened because, uh, because then I, I started playing and um, and and so many things happened. But um, yes, it was a strange path, very very unusual, and when I um, uh, when I saw of everything, uh, was done by my. Uh, friends but at that time they were not friends like David uh, for and all these these people of my age were everywhere and winning big competition I felt smaller and smaller but somehow I just thought you know everyone follows his or her path and uh, I, I saw myself um, as a musician in the life so the I was sure that in in, somehow it would have worked out. Is it... Would you say that
0: this belief that you had in yourself and this kind of feeling that
2: that this... Was not at all a belief that I had in myself because I was full of doubts. And uh, if I never uh, went to this competition or to this, was not because um, I thought I don't need this, but because I thought I I can't do this. I, I was... Uh, still today i am I am someone who always ask myself if i'm doing well if uh, if it's enough what i do if uh, you know uh, and when i was 19 20 years old i was very fragile maybe because my path was so different from from the other that i didn't feel like um, entitled to do something because I come f- from nowhere. Uh, yes, I, d- I don't have this big school in my CV. And so maybe I, I am a little bit uh, out from all this.
0: And how, do you, how did you um, then kind of develop from there or um, meet these doubts or start kind of connecting with the food world more? Um, in that way, like, how would you say that you came to the position where you are now?
2: It um, first thing I didn't uh, connect with the flute world for many many years. I I wanted to stay a part of this because I I couldn't identify myself with this uh, with this world. It was not something which could um, uh, coincide with with my. Um, Sensibility and and way to, to conceive the flute, but the um, th- there, w- there was a moment in which something switched uh, really in the in the direction of the let's say the flute or the music world. And um, well, when I was starting with this, um, let's say my second teacher, which is actually my only teacher, because in the conservatory it yes, was more for the. Um, starting that, but uh, Anna Maria, Anna Maria Morini, and with, uh, she was introducing me to the contemporary music because she was uh, she was known in Italy for two things. As a flutist, she was known for playing contemporary music, for being an interpreter of contemporary music, and as a teacher, she was very known in Italy to be a very good uh, te- uh, technique, technique, Teacher, so it was good for the person who wanted really to work on the bass, and it was it was also my case, and um, that's such a good combination. Yes, with, uh, yes, yes, because actually my 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 the reason why I went to study with her was was this because I felt that I had a total lack of uh, knowledge of contemporary music, so every time I saw that there was something contemporary to play I was like what I do and uh, and uh, the second thing was that I knew that I needed someone to, uh, to that could help me in getting stronger my, my bass, my sound my, my technique. <clears throat> so I went to study with her. And with there it's true that the um, I develop very much and very quickly a, a real interest for the contemporary music. And um, and I decided to went uh, this year was in nineteen ninety six in Darmstadt in this uh, city in Germany, not far from Frankfurt, where uh, take place this actually is masterclass for contemporary music, but it's a masterclass which is historical because uh, in the sixties in the seventies really it was the core of the musical um, contemporary music creation in Europe. And so I took part to this To this uh, masterclass, and I got a prize at the end of the of the masterclass. It's called the Kanish Musik Prize, and this prize is very important in the world of contemporary music. So I got invited to Japan to go to a f- contemporary music festival, and you know, many. Then it it became like a domino effect, you know, and then you go to Japan and you meet this that we invite you, then in Frankfurt to play, and then in Frankfurt we invite this we invite you to Berlin, and then I started also working. With, um, in, uh, with big composers, uh, with charino with Boulez, with Kurtag, and I was very young because I was uh, 22 years old. So it was like, suddenly was like a washing machine, you know, uh, going faster and faster and faster. And uh, I, I thought it was beautiful because I really loved this music. And if you want, psychologically speaking, it allowed me to, um, uh, to put a screen on my doubts and on my fears because i didn't present uh, gobert uh, for which i was too afraid of being compared i pre- i present pieces that no one played <laughs> so you couldn't uh, compare myself with them. and even la- later on when i started then taking part to the flute festivals these kind of things I only presented contemporary music because I felt protected and not too exposed. Uh, it was a very slow uh, process, Then I felt more and more comfortable with my with my playing, and uh, I started gradually to maybe play Jolivet instead of Fournier, and then maybe I can play Anderson. But and <laughs> so that also makes sense because you kind of you found
0: your. Niche, you found your way because it seems um, that you you were always interested in also philosophy, like it's something that is very personal and close to you, and then it's a perfect way of kind of finding a way for yourself
1: and feeling comfortable on the stage, also, and then from yes. there kind because of not
0: being part of the flute world. Let's say, like you, I mean, no, no one has to be you know a set musician with like what is the normal for
2: yeah absolutely absolutely there is not normal but there are parts which are more or less standard and uh, right yesterday i was speaking with two former students about about this i mean it's it's true that for for a flutist uh, the the first and easier even if it's not easy but step after the study a step into a professional world is the orchestra because um, as, a, as, a, as a flutist the solo career is very i mean complicated to figure out chamber music yes and not because you have to found a group and uh, teaching if you want to teach a high level you need experience you, you can't start from nothing to teach uh, big students so um uh, it, it it the the, the only uh, real and concrete possibility to really jump into professional world is the orchestra now i this is another thing that made me a little bit out of, of the stream, let's say, because I um, I never even imagined that I could uh, get in an orchestra because um, this is really a personal thing. I'm not so much a social person, so I can't th- figure out that every day I, I, I go to work and I have 70 people around me we, we, we do good or bad we have to interact because it's, it's a society and so this was very clear since I was maybe 18 years old that I would never integrate an orchestra so I never uh, prepare even uh, orchestra orchestra audition. Yeah, now, even if now I'm so happy to prepare the student for this, but for me, I I was not my this. I I was sure that was not my my path. So it's true that there is there is there is not one path for 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 everyone. I was lucky enough that uh, the the fact to play contemporary music at this time was something that. I didn't force at all myself to play this music. And it's true that it's, it's uh, playing contemporary music is not an alternative if you don't love this music, because if you don't love, it's just too difficult, it's too abstract, it's too ugly even, because, some, you know, you, you, when you are really, really into the contemporary world, you play Every year, maybe one piece which is nice, the rest is just something that you will play and you will never play anymore, but it's it's part of your mission, you have to do this because the composer, they try to do something, they need someone to play, so you are uh, willing to do that. But you know that you are maybe preparing a piece which is awful or the, you know that you are preparing a piece which has no future at all. You prepare anyway. So you have to love this kind of, uh, you know, of, 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 of um, mission, let's say. And at this time, at this time, underline, I loved. Now I don't love anymore, but you, you remain stigmatized uh, that like... You know, still today sometimes it happens to me that uh, people ask do you teach normal repertoire? <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, really, sometimes I jump on, on my... Uh, uh, what? Uh, I mean, of course I teach uh, normal repertoire. I mean, even I, I feel maybe guilty.
1: <laughs> Imagine. Can you play beautiful
2: music? <laughs> yes, can you, play, can you play a long note? You no know, or you know, and and sometimes I feel even guilty because I think that my student played too few contemporary music, really almost nothing. And um yes, so it's it's a sort of stigmatization, but people need this, you know? It's really needs to know this is this, this is this, this, this is this is nowadays it's so um it's so common to speak about gender, gender free. You no know? people need this. They know they need to know what you are, what you do uh when you play in the orchestra you will never be a soloist because you play in the orchestra if you play contemporary music you play com- i mean yeah, and I've, i feel like
0: also with do uh, you play contemporary music Do you play baroque music yeah you have, yeah you have like, like if you have, you're doing like, early, music, early
1: music that's your thing you cannot do uh, but yeah. also
0: maybe i think now more and more and more people are
1: doing um Multiple. incorporating contemporary music which is really good to see yes and also um think maybe it's
0: too early in the history to kind of see or in the timeline of these extended techniques and stuff to solidify that no it all comes under classical music or however we
2: want to say it. It's There is music. There is good and bad music. Maybe there, there was even someone who said that even doesn't exist bad and good music. There is just the music. and, um, But it's, it is this sort of, uh, you know, um, compartments which are separated are done. In the musical world, because uh, classical musician uh, often they really cannot conceive anything else after uh, Debussy, and the musicians which are into content into the contemporary world, so the composer or some interpreted really radical, they don't conceive that you can play Schubert even you know, so they think that it's even la- maybe two weeks ago I was in Japan and uh, in, in, a, in a festival which is a music festival, which is a small part for contemporary music, so in general I go every year. So I play in, in, in both situations, I play classical thing, Mozart quartet, and then maybe a new piece. And um, in the opening concert, everyone plays some, some small piece. I play the aria from Dok Nanji, you know, which is a piece, it's like Strauss, it's a beautiful piece. And then there was a composer who came afterward and said to me, Ah, it's so weird, uh, to to listen to a contemporary flutist playing playing um, normal stuff, no. And I said, I am not a con- What I I mean, I'm not a contemporary music. I'm, uh, you know, it's 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 very it's very strange because it's really very strong. This 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 separation, and people don't want to don't like to mix. Um, or they they have difficulties in imagine that you can you can they, these things can, can can live together and uh, I And also
1: that a musician can be also other things. I mean, a musician and is an artist. Yeah. It's
0: versatile. It's quite common to come across someone that can't they can't really see um, a broader picture. It's just what they're focused on, and sometimes that's necessary. But it's it's difficult then to. Yeah, continue this uh, what music is
2: and I uh, especially you know, when you play the flute we can't really complain about our repertoire because it's not so small but of course it, 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 it it's comparatively small if you of course compare with with the, the violin with the piano and so um you if you have, if you have an intense activity as a as i have had and still today have i mean you you can saturate very quickly your repertoire and sometimes when you have been playing i don't know 150 times Bloom and You can, you maybe want to, to explore other things. It it can be not necessarily contemporary music. It can be transcription. It can be maybe. Minor composer in this in these years, I am very much into Andersen, who wrote really beautiful, beautiful music for flute. Uh, but it can be also to explore some some contemporary stuff because, you know, when you are pianist of, you can spend a life on Schubert or you can spend your life on Chopin or you can spend your life on Scriabin. I don't know. With the flute is is not possible, and I must say also that the flutists in general are very. Very few curious and very ignorant, I must say, because even in the repertoire, most of people know so 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 few, even Jolivet, if you if you put away the, the Chandlinos and maybe the Concerto and the Incantation, I met uh, students and even colleagues that never heard about Assess, that never played, that never heard. I mean, even in the, let's say, more or less standard repertoire, it's, I mean, uh, when you focus your life by playing uh, Born, uh, vari- uh, Carmen Variation, I think it's a little bit pity because, uh, it, you know.
1: Yeah. yeah, we wanted to ask, like, if you compare, like, how you were taught, how is it different than the way you were teaching your students now?
2: Ah, mm-hmm. It's, it's very different because I am old enough to, to belong to, not of, of course of another generation, but really of another um, lifestyle. Yeah? When I was your age, now seems like the old man, the the grandfather speaking. Yes, but it's true that you know in between us, with me and you, there was the revolution of uh, internet, which really changed uh, changed everything. So it's not it's maybe super big difference of age. We don't have forty age of difference, but there the, was it in in between some um, happened something so important and so life-changing that really um, it's it's very different. I mean, the thing I really noticed, uh, the biggest difference I noticed today is the relationship with the time that uh, the young people of my age had compared with uh, people of your age today. I mean, today it's very... I mean, everything It's easy, everything it goes fast. You see, today we can do a meeting. You are in Belgium, I am in France. You got me a link uh, 10 minutes ago, and then we are in my time to do this. Would it be a mess? You would e- even do by telephone, and was ultra expensive because you spend the time that you that you use. Or we had to to fix a meeting somewhere, and doing I, I, I even when I started my career when I was maybe twenty seven years old twenty I had to send my picture by post to the festival, so it was a big big. Uh, you need a lot of time because you have to go. You have to. T- you always needed to have picture at home put in in the in the in the, um, in, in the, in the ship net to, to, to send so it was everything more complicated to come back to your question I think that uh, we had a more wide con- perception of the time so when my teacher said to me you have to work on your sound or on or your sonority or, or this we already thought that okay I have to spend maybe eight months or maybe nine months in order to start having a result. What I noticed today is that if the things don't work more or less immediately, people think that is wrong because it doesn't work. But it's not your fault, it's that we are used to click and send and you know when someone doesn't reply your message after five minutes you get hysterical because why does it work? why she doesn't touch and she reads or he reads a message why does that? I mean everything is so fulgurant you know it's so uh, quick today that um, I have to make an effort with my with almost every one of my students to let them understand try, for a really long period of time and then we will decide if it's good or if it's wrong if it works if it will not work or maybe we have to change direction i mean this is the biggest difference i have to be more um i have to to teach the student to be more patient, you know, because um, even if, it, if the world around us changed completely in relationship to this uh, um, the perception of time, because we think that everything goes fast, Practice and studying an instrument is the same thing like in the 18th century. Nothing changed. It's low, you need time, you have to lock in your room and to practice for hours every day like in the 19th century. I mean, for this, nothing changed. Um, that's why I sometimes I feel a little bit strange when we speak a lot about flute pedagogy. Well, I say flute pedagogy because we are flutists. No, flute pedagogy and pedagogy of this and pedagogy of that. I don't think there is a very specific pedagogy, maybe for the beginner, yes, but for advanced stud, uh, stud and, uh, students like you, there's no uh, special um, uh, pedagogy apart of practice and practice and practice for a with method of course, but for hours and with always a long-term perspective. Nothing will change. Everything you change, if you change your hand position, if you change your embouchure position, if you change your breathing, will take months. And sometimes I have the impression, but it's more than an impression, it's an experience, that students, they are impatient. It's like, no, but this doesn't work. They try, ah, it doesn't work. Of course, it doesn't work. When you started playing the flute, you didn't play the chandelinos after one 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 week. So everything, even if at my age, with my experience, I want to change something in my in my playing, it will take months. Because there is there is a coordination of the muscles. My body has a memory of he it was used to do, and then everything it's it's uh, really, I you know it, it it's very very slow it's a slow process this is the biggest difference, I I I I noticed. Yeah,
0: it, and it's it's really true. I mean, it's something now if we're used to receiving information in a
1: millisecond, and of course. that's true like the pace of life is just so so fast. yes
2: we, we are not uh, yeah we are not used to this because really everything is and it's a good thing uh, I'm not doing the revolutionary uh, speech that it was better before it's much better today you know even even the the flight are very cheap today and uh, before the the event of the low cost believe me but to go from Rome to Berlin with with, 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 a, with a plane, was so extremely expensive that finally you decide to take a train which needed maybe 18 hours. Everything was more wide you know the 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 the, 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 the consistency of the time was much more um dilated yeah? was much more like this and um i think that today is much better but we can't apl- we can't apply these rules for everything i mean it's and it's not everything it, fast, it cannot be, especially when it comes to um, instrument, or to the music.
0: And, and studying an instrument, instrument and music in general, I feel like it's such a, a kind of meditation, we are taught to be patient, we are taught to um, take it slow and to focus and it is a kind of meditation actually it,
2: it is and it it, it it brings you out from this vortex of speedness in which we always are and in, you know that, that, that makes us a little bit um, maybe out of the world of, sort of because even if you write a friend which is in Indonesia and he can answer you immediately if you want to meet him then, then you need at least one day and it, I mean you know it's a sort of a virtual reality in <laughs> fact this is not a real reality and
0: um, what would you change from the education today what do you think should be
2: uh, focused on or no i maybe change is a big word i wouldn't change really things i think that what is important is really the um, the begin i mean all the preparatory phase because you know these 10 years that you maybe spend before reaching a university it's fundamental and sometimes when you when you arrive at the age to to get a bachelor and maybe your preparation is not strong enough um, it can be fatal for your development and so i i i, I really ad- admire uh, people working in the conservatory or in the music school which prepare people because the future is really in the in the in the in the hand of of there so the the, the, the the preliminary phase which is very long huh? the preliminary phase the preparation of this is is fundamental then you really pre- prepare your future when you are in bachelor master you really get oriented uh, it's very important to choose the good teacher is fundamental there. but uh, uh, in order to arrive to this stage you should really be able to reach the the, the university in the best condition so prepare the student uh, for everything which is a rhythm, um, hear, intonation, you know, this kind of thing is fundamental. I know that maybe nowadays, because, and I I come back to what we were uh, saying just before, Maybe today it can it, it sounds a little bit old fashioned to have a very strict uh, a discipline on the on on the rhythm and solfège, but it's fundamental. You can't escape uh, the, these things because it, otherwise you will pay all the rest of your life. Uh, it's 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 not use, useful to try to make kids not so under pressure with all this complicated thing, and to, to have the dictate and to develop the year is fundamental. It's fundamental. Well,
1: talking about education and all of this, and we also asked our audience if they have questions to you. Yes. And one person asked... What are you looking for in students that
2: audition to your flute class? Yeah, these these this questions come so often and the disappointing thing is that I know and at the same time I don't know. I mean, it's not so uh, easy and it's not so radical. I want this and if I don't find um, uh, it's, it's, it's fluid um, it's more fluid uh, I think of for, for sure I know that I like people who are musically speaking very unique which have a really nice personality which play uh, people who play with uh, I don't know it's you know words are so poor I, I can't explain but there is a, there are I look for something which touches me. I want to be touched because when I, I I am on the other side of the table, uh, in in the during an entrance examination, for instance, I put myself in the position of the public. I don't want really to judge because it's, well, this is a complicated matter huh, to judge a musician. But I will I put myself like this and I say okay, a part of the technical thing that I will invariably notice, of course, because we are a flutist, so you you can't <clears throat> ignore. Some. But apart of these things, I sit like an audience and I expect some... some I imagine that I paid a ticket and I want to go there and assist to something. You know, if this thing happens, I am happy. If it doesn't happen, I am not happy, even if the candidate is very strong. Or very good, but uh, um, I look for something which somehow talks to me. It's difficult to, to I know when it happens. I know. I recognize. To say uh, in word is difficult, but I'm I'm sure you more or less understand what what I mean. And one other thing which is important, I am a very empathic person, and I really. Um, connect energetically with, with people uh, wh- which I have in front student or just people no? so I always look for someone who is uh, enjoyable as a person when when someone uh, gives me the impression to be to to not have a nice energy or to not have energy at all then I can't
1: But there's no...
2: Absolutely.
1: Control. But it's absolutely. super important for a teacher and a student to like be able to work together on a personal level because otherwise how can it work? I mean...
2: It, it doesn't work. It doesn't work on, on, the, on both sides. On side of the teacher, can you imagine when you teach eight, now nine hours per day, and you know that maybe like last lesson come, a student which has no energy, which maybe takes out everything, and you are already heavy because you have had already seven hours of teaching. You know, it's so important. For me, it's very important when I look at my, what, at my schedule today, which student I have, and I say, ah, I'm very happy to, to be with him, I'm very happy to be with her, I'm very, you know, it's it's nice to, to wait for the student, not to say, oh my goodness, I have to teach, now I have to teach uh, this person, and, uh, you know, energetically speaking, of course, because even if someone plays well, like technically, ah, it can be, now, nah, it can be sort of, um, I don't know, so for me, it's important that these two things go together. We have very nice personality, I mean, overall personality, and musically speaking, something, something special, something special that will talk to me and will touch me somehow. In general, I trust one thing. At the end of the day, after that I heard, I don't know, 70 people, there are maybe two or three I remember. They stay in my memory. Yeah, for, for, and this is a very good sign, it's something very good because you can say, if I still remember, this is a very, very good thing because you will, it, this means that you, you have had, you received something.
0: Mm-hmm. Kind of along the same lines, another audience member asked, what characteristics should a good musician possess?
2: The same thing. the uh, The same thing. I mean, if you if you if you go to a concert and you d- don't get anything, you don't receive anything. It's useless. It's use. It's not a bad concert. It's useless. It's something that should not done, because we as our our um vocation. I mean, our goal is to share. Uh, Beauty is to share emotion, is to share um, life experiences, to share this kind of thing. If this doesn't happen, this was useless. A concept like this shouldn't exist. But
1: one last audience question. We were already talking a bit before about having good basics and like practicing sound and so on. So someone asked, which routine for technique do you recommend and how much time to invest in it? N-
2: Nothing. Because it's so personal. Uh, I I never believe in, uh, it's my personal opinion, of course, but I never believed in, uh, in people when they say, you have to do Two hours a day of technique. You have to do thirty minutes scale, thirty minutes sound, thirty minutes uh, sans filet, I don't know all this kind of thing. This is a lack of. I mean, you just lose your time for nothing because I don't know when a student has already a super sound. Why should every day working on the sound? I mean. I, I just make an example. Of course, you can maybe when you play your repertoire, when you practice your repertoire, you will be um, always checking your sound in order not to lose, in order to get it better. But if someone has sound, why, why should... should? It's like if I know a uh, grammar rule and every day I work the same rule, I know the rule. I will just put attention not to make a mistake when, when, when I speak, but I know the rule. This is the same thing. So I am... a obsessed t- uh, technique teacher so i really make uh, my student working the the technique a lot but it's very a la carte it's very uh, individual and uh, you need to to practice your fingers. You need to practice your intonation. You have, and uh, I in general never practice too too much technical side on. It's really one by one, when a student needs. So um, I don't think you need. It's. You can't in abstract say you need this time and you need this uh, uh, schema of 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 of, uh, of working. For me, it's very individual, and everyone needs something or more or less, and that's it. Yes, I think
1: that makes a lot of sense to not put the same thing just on everyone, because as you say, like everyone needs different, has different needs.
2: Yes, everyone has different needs. There are people who have uh, already some qualities who are really established, can be maybe, there are, there are people who, who arrive at the school, maybe in, even in Bajor, and they have fingers. They have, they, they can co- perfectly control the fingers. So why they have to make torture with uh, uh, complicated exercise to develop the fingers? You, you, uh, why? I mean, it's, it's not necessary. You maybe eat up time for other things you know maybe it's the articulation or maybe it's nothing i would wish but of course there is always something now you want to then what you have also you know uh, what is important is a part of the the pure technique i mean your articulation your intonation your fingers your your sound your resonance the the thing is also if the the, the student can control this parameter while playing, because sometimes you can do, there are people who are able to do one thing in a correct way, and somehow by playing because of the musical parameter to control, because of the emotion, because of uh, many other things, you can lose the control of of something. This is something that I also try to work with the student. Try to... There is always a a part of your brain which has to be always connected with really the material of... In in the control of the material, can be the sound, can be the intonation, can be everything else. But um, yes, so... It's As it, it, you see, it's more, also this is much more uh, articulated than so, but it was very much a uh, la mode uh, years ago to say you have to do every day this, 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 but it was, I think it was a way to scare a little bit maybe people and but I don't really you can warm up a little bit your sound. This is good. You do some shirt every day. Number one, you know, you 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 practice a little bit. You open your sound, your vibrato. You make your flute warmer, and then you start working what you need yeah. to work. That's true. Okay, thank you for answering the questions from
1: our audience. And now for the final segment. Now comes the fire questions. So, <laughs> um. Yes, it's very short questions, um, And the first question is, which country is your favorite?
2: Uh, oh, I was at, I thought, maybe Spain. Spain. Okay, that's a good choice. I think
1: Paco agrees. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think Spain, because it's sweet. I don't know how to say. And people seems to me to be good people. I know very well. Huh? It's, it's, it's a country I know very well. I don't live there, but yeah, I would say Spain.
0: Nice. What is your motto for life?
2: Um. I, I don't know if it's a motto, but uh, I don't care about the past. I don't, don't care about the future. Okay. That's for me, it, it exists only today. I
1: think that's a very nice motto. And the last fire question, that is a question we ask all of our guests, and that is, what soundtrack would you choose for your life? Soundtrack? I
2: mean, like, like one piece. Yes.
1: It, yeah, it can be a piece. It can be a whole... Um
2: I would take the, out the, in, I think, the Schubert Winterreise.
1: Okay, very nice, very,
0: very good. <laughs> um, all right, okay, this then uh, rounds up our episode with Mario Carli. Um, thank you so much for talking to us and giving us an insight into your um, artistic life. It was a pleasure to have you. Yes, thank you. So thank you. Much. It was
2: a pleasure to me. Thanks to having me and I wish you all the best for your life.